Well, hello, and welcome back to this second Teacher Be Still podcast episode of 2022. We are surprising ourselves by staying on track and recording two in two weeks. We are so excited to be back. This episode is going to be very similar to our last episode. Well, kind of. They're related. Um, Yeah. But we were so happy to see so many of our regular listeners come back and listen to last week's episode. And hopefully we got some new listeners. We talked all about the great teacher shortage. And today we want to talk about teachers, well, really any educator, leaving um, education. And this was really brought on by some recent news. And that was some really big names in the education world have now announced that they are either resigning or retiring either mid-year, which is now kind of happening, that kind of happens in January, or at the end of this year. And so the news really was about eight North Texas superintendents, which is giant, obviously, because they are the leaders of our school district um, districts. And that was Dallas ISD, Fort Worth ISD, Richardson, Louisville, Northwest, DeSoto, Mesquite, and HEB. So they are all either retiring or resigning. And we have some speculation on what we think is happening there and how we think that will impact just those school districts and what that means for teachers that fall under their leadership. What are your thoughts, Jill? Well, I think it's freaking crazy. I really do. I think it's you know, it's very unusual that two superintendents in the same area leave in a single year, but for eight of them in the same area to leave mid-year at the same time, like my conspiracy theory hat, my tinfoil hat is going crazy right now. (laughs) It's just so crazy. It's really, it really is bizarre because it's, you just don't see that. I mean, for leadership to leave um, so weird. It's like a mass exodus, all of them leaving at once. So, you know, we've talked about what, what our thoughts are on why, and we know obviously the COVID climate has impacted everyone, including the superintendents that are responsible for making these very large decisions. Um, and I think a lot of them were probably nearing the end of their tenure. I know our local ISD, that was the case with him. He was nearing the end of his tenure. Why exactly he chose to leave mid-year, I don't know. Um, but I'm sure that this is taking a toll on them mentally as well. And yeah, I don't know. I, it, it really I is feel, crazy. I feel like they probably have been through two very difficult years. And I, it's just my opinion that they are probably predicting what next year is going to bring with a larger teacher shortage. And so... I mean, why wouldn't you? You're at the end of the of your career. You're having basically to make all these decisions where you have not only staff, but also parents, the community school board, et cetera, all just laying into you about every decision that's made because you know you can do nothing right in today's mm-hmm. climate. You, I mean, you've never been able to please everybody, but right now it's like you almost have to be careful of every single word you say and every decision you make, every action you have because someone's going to come at you for being, I say butthurt. I don't know if that's wrong or rude or 
I don't know, but um, if they have a different opinion than you, (laughs) um, (laughs) everybody takes everything so personal, right? And these superintendents have so much weighing on them, just like teachers in a classroom. But one thing I think we should talk about is just this idea of what that means for teachers in those districts, because these are some fairly large school districts. And we've talked about this before, Jill, but we always say education, like almost everything else, is like a waterfall effect. So when the state is pushing down things to school districts, um, Mm -hmm. you know, superintendents, school boards, and that's going down to our admin, which then trickles down to teachers, then students and parents. And now we're talking about some very key players in the education world around us that they're having to bring in new leaders. And what is that going to do for that kind of waterfall effect in those districts? Bringing in new leadership (laughs) is hard because anytime you step into a new role, you also have to learn your way. And it's not like there's this vast amount of very um, prepared and ready for this type of role, right? Because these are kind of like once in a, yeah, like, I don't know, just, so it just seems like this is just going to add chaos to, and, and it'll play a part in teachers' decisions on whether or not they come back or not. I have a feeling that there's some yeah, of these superintendents that teachers are going to be glad that they're gone because they really didn't agree or like them, right? So this could be a good (laughs) thing for a lot of teachers um, in those districts. But then I know like our superintendent from our school districts here was very well liked and it's going to be, it's a hard loss. So we have an interim superintendent right now who's kind of making decisions with the school board and as they, you know, go through the interview process. And, you know, that takes a while to get all these people at the top who are trying to make decisions right now, like on a day-to-day basis. And then they're also added on that, trying to find someone to take these spots. I think it's a good indication of what's to come, to be honest with you. I think that next year is going to be, I think we're going to see even more upper level leadership within school districts leave as well. And I think that the teachers that are going to stay who are good teachers will probably fill a lot of those roles. And then it's going to leave a lot of classroom positions available. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think, you know, we talked about teachers leaving mid-year and that that really, I think it all kind of ties together. When you see leadership leaving, it's kind of like a way out. You know, it's kind of like, well, I'm out of here, too. Um, And it used to be mid-year leaving was like shame, you know, for shame you leave in mid-year. And it was super gut-wrenching. You know, I know my mom left mid-year after over 25 years teaching, and it was because my sister really needed to, um, like, she needed a babysitter because she had just had a baby, and it was really challenging. And so my mom decided to leave mid-year so she could take care of her grandbaby. And that was really hard for her because she'd been teaching so long. And I know that the kids as a PE teacher in elementary school, you know, kids really love their PE teachers in elementary school. And that was difficult on the kids. Um, But, you know, she struggled for a long time if if she was going to do that and was shamed by a lot of people, actually, even people on her team for leaving mid-year. And, um, you know, no one wants to leave mid-year if they don't have to. But a lot of teachers are having to make that very difficult decision right now because, they, they just mentally cannot sustain the job anymore. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. And you know, that could be the reason why many of these superintendents are leaving as well, because 
they've got these massive decisions with thousands of people affected um, when they make choices. And I can't imagine that kind of pressure. I, I just, I cannot, I would buckle for sure. But um, I think I that it's either. important, you know, to, to address that, that it, it really is a mental, it comes down to a mental health issue. It comes down to a workload issue. And um, I think, you know, we talked last time about the teacher shortage and, I just think it's not just a teacher shortage. It's going to be like a staffing shortage across the board, mm -hmm. including these big roles of superintendent. Yeah, I agree. So much. I mean, so if, if we know, like you said earlier, and I know you're just joking about conspiracy theorists um, with your foil hat on and all that, but <laughs> for real, for real, I would like to dig deeper. And if you follow us on Instagram or Facebook, Send us your thoughts and tell us, especially if you're in one of these districts, because I know we have a lot of people that follow us that are local, but what are you mm -hmm. hearing? Like, what is the communication that's being pushed down to you about why they're leaving and what they're parting with telling you? You know, sometimes when you're one foot out the door, you kind of start saying things that maybe you wouldn't say before, maybe you're divulging information you wouldn't necessarily divulge. I'd be curious if any of our local listeners have any insight to some of these school districts, especially the bigger ones, that I think that the couple of the bigger ones, similar to ours, the superintendents were fairly well-liked. I mean, of course, there's issues, but I think overall, the teachers were happy with the decisions that were being made as much as they possibly could be. So, Send us a DM. Let us know your thoughts on this and what you think this means for specifically, I guess, Texas education, because I don't really know if this is happening in other states. I can only assume that it probably is, but um, yeah, I think it is. I really do. So it just um, was interesting, too, to me that it was such a headline. Like you don't hear a lot. I feel like the pandemic brought education kind of in the like the focus of everybody, because if teachers aren't in the classroom, then parents have to stay home with their kids. And there was this whole big um, talk and you saw stories on the news. But before that, I don't really recall ever hearing much about education in the news unless it was something that a teacher did that was inappropriate. But it was interesting to me that, um, which we know happened. So um, it was just interesting to me that like I kept seeing it on social media and then on news and newspapers, this eight bit stories about how these eight superintendents are now leaving. And it became kind of the topic that people were talking about last week. So why do we think that is? Is it just because education still in the spotlight? I don't really think it is as much as it was, say, last year or the year before. I think so it's it seems about to be again, you know, I think it was like, um, I think it was a case of it was in the spotlight, it kind of like, shrinked back for a minute. And now I think it's getting ready to be in the spotlight again. You know, um, you and I don't like to talk politics on here, because who likes politics, not me, it sucks. But um, I think we're, we're entering these elections, these midterm elections that are coming up. And I think that obviously education is a problem that needs to be fixed. So, you know, politicians are going to be talking about education, probably making a bunch of empty promises that teachers can't rely on because none of it is going to involve them taking the workload off the plates of the teachers, which is really the problem. So I think that 
it did take a lull in the spotlight, but I think it's about to come back, especially with teachers leaving mid-year. And I mean, the closer we get to summer and teachers start, you know, approaching the end of their contracts or um, getting asked to renew their contracts for the next year, I think it's going to wake a lot of people up. And I do think education is going to be really, really talked about here soon. Well, I'll tell you, I have a friend from my last school that I worked at and we were chatting last week and she basically was like, I am going to work at Target or Walmart or whatever I have to do so that I do not have to teach again. And my heart was so sad because, you know, she is a great teacher. She's young. She invests so much time and making, so her class is very much project-based and this was at the high school level and um, she put so much time and energy. She was always at the school, you know, weekends, nights, doing everything for her students. And she told me, like, I, if I could quit mid-year, I would. But I know that she was kind of being, there was a lot of pushback from the district on mm-hmm. if you quit mid-year, then we won't do everything possible not to have your contract renewed, which I don't really remember a lot of those details. If you leave mid-year, then the district can say, like, we're canceling your certification because you're breaking your contract and then other districts won't want to ever hire you again. Um, or yeah, it's kind of it's like, like one of those unwritten it, rules. Right. And it and I feel like they ask you that question when you apply for jobs. Have you ever broken your contract mid-year? And mm-hmm. so, like you said earlier, it's, it's has always been this, like, shame factor So she really felt like so much pushback. She was really afraid to stand up for herself and say, no, I'm leaving now. So she said, I'm just going to finish this year and then I will work any other job possible. And we kind of chatted and I just, she said, you know, it's not about the money for me right now. It's, I'm so exhausted and burned out every day that I have become a person that is not me. And I think that is the reason why a lot of teachers are going to quit at the end of this year is that their families are being neglected. I feel like they're mentally and physically exhausted at the end of every single day. You talk about just normal standard place of teachers. Um, that is so much to do every day. You're not sitting down. You're getting a very small break throughout the day. And I mean, at all levels, but elementary, God bless them. Like they get no breaks throughout the day. Um, if you're on a block scheduling for high school or middle school, you at least get a, a, a somewhat of a time, typically speaking, for your conference. So, um, some but, of them. I mean, I've been hearing yeah, about some, some of locals them, yeah. that even on their breaks are having to serve in other classrooms or covering here and there. And you know, to also right now with it truly is a shortage right now because schools are closing because so many teachers are out sick and their subs are out sick and their kids. <laughs> so it's like there's so many. Um, people unavailable to work. And so I know that even schools are closing, but the teachers that are left are having to fill in the gaps. And so I I know that specifically right now, a lot of them are getting absolutely no breaks. Yeah, Um, I know of one school here locally that closed and then their teachers had, they went and filled in at other campuses um, Mm. because their campus was closed and the other campuses were open. And so those teachers, since their campus was closed, they were asked those that could were asked to report to other campuses. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of like robbing Peter to pay Paul kind of thing with teachers. Um, yeah, for real. Cause they're and, just, there's not enough bodies. 
And think about it this way. We have normal teacher junk. And then you add like almost every day I feel like they go and they're like, okay, what's happening today? And you know, I feel like just myself being a woman and a mom, I have to constantly be on my feet and be able to pivot because things happen and things come up. And I'm kind of like the navigator of our family. So I hold our meal plan together. I hold our calendar together. And I'm kind of Mm -hmm. just working all things out the way they need to be and overseeing how everybody's going to get to all the things and be picked up on time, et cetera. And I feel like that's what teachers walk into every single day. And it is so exhausting to have Mm. to be able to make decisions on the fly constantly over time. And so I think that we've always kind of relied on teachers to do this and it's a part of our job and we are multitaskers and all those things, but you're talking about an extended period of time of having to do this. And that is the the breakout. Yes. That's the burnout point. That's the, this is that kind of the line drawn in the sand, the last thing they can handle. And so while I don't think teachers are necessarily leaving for better pay or for a job that they love more, I think they are having to make, they're going to make a very hard decision, just like leadership, just like these superintendents who have decided their health has to be a priority over their job. And I can almost guarantee you knowing this, being a teacher myself, they will leave thinking, I'm going to take a year break and then maybe I'll go back and things will be better because that's what teachers mm-hmm. do. Yeah. And um, but in the meantime, what's going to happen to the education system through yeah, all of it's, the? It's, you know, and I, I think you bring up a good point that teachers are like, I, I'm, I'm going to leave for a little bit and then return. And I think it's so important right now that we tell teachers it's okay to leave because yeah. there are so many of them that they are emotionally abused into thinking that the children of the world are not going to make it without them. And, you know, if you look at, if you look at education as a whole, that is a true statement. This world is going to fall apart if the teachers do a mass exodus. I mean, you talk about chaos. People aren't going to be able to go to work. Companies will fall apart. People will lose their jobs. I mean, it's, it is not pretty. It's not going to be pretty. However, um, we're not responsible for saving the world. We're not responsible for saving all the children of the world. That's a teacher's heart by nature, but it's not our ultimate responsibility. We say all the time, our first ministry is our families. And if we cannot serve our families, then what in, What are we doing? Um, so I think it's important for us to let teachers know that it's okay to leave. If you can't take it anymore, don't let anyone guilt you into staying. Don't let anything make you feel like you're less than because you have to bow out because there is nothing more important than your mental health and the health of your family. And um, I think that that's a message that we need to get out there to teachers right now, because so many of them are just, they are barely hanging on. And the guilt is just consuming them. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think letting teachers know it's okay to leave um, those, those that are staying and are watching their teacher friends leave and are like, I can't leave. Maybe some people can't leave. Um, you know, maybe I, I would just say to them, like plug into some mental health resources that really help you personally, um, reach out to us. We'll guide you in the right direction. Um, just so that we can keep 
those teachers full because it's just, it is a hot mess right now. It is, mm -hmm. I mean, it was messy before COVID. That's, that's the thing. Like teaching was already in this really bad place before COVID because there was too much on the plate of a teacher. There were too many responsibilities that were t just not in the name of the best interest of the students, more in the name of funding oriented stuff that teachers were having to do that really wasn't re in regards to teaching. It was in regards to some bottom line somewhere. And then COVID hit and rather than saying, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna not do this this year so that instead you can do all these other COVID related things, they were like, um, we're going to do the COVID related things on top of all the other things you were also doing. So I think that, um, you know, when we, when we talk about this, this subject, it, it's, it's just a mess. It is, I don't know what else to say about it. It is. Yeah. A mess, I and I don't you. blame it's people for leaving. No, and that's something that we've had hard conversations about the two of us is like, how do we as as people who are devoted to pour into educators commit to also pour into those people that ha have decided to leave? And yeah. I think that we ultimately just went back to our mission and said, well, we're about teachers and educators, admin, um, AIDS, we're about them as people first. We're about mm -hmm. them as and as a person. If I had a friend who was an educator who came to me and said, I need to step out of the classroom for my health, it's not like I would be like, but we need good teachers. I would not guilt or shame her at all. I would say you need to do what is best for you as a person and your mm -hmm. family first. And that's 100%. what we do here. So I saw this um, thing and it was not the thing. It was a TikTok, of course. And <laughs> where I get all my news. Um, and it was a teacher who said she felt like substitutes should be done um, like a jury selection. Yes. Everybody has to substitute within a school and their name gets called and they know what day they have to go in. So I have said this Brilliant. to multiple people and said, what are your thoughts? All non-education people have been like, no, that is the worst idea ever. <laughs> Almost every one of my friends who've been in education have all said the same thing you just said. Like, yes, yeah. that is brilliant. And I, here's my thought on it. If we had people from the community be required to go into a school and substitute at some point, like we do jury duty, then maybe they would have a better understanding of what's actually happening within schools and, a, mm -hmm. and it would make them understand and appreciate where to start fighting for their teachers. Because I feel yeah. like to me, a lot of kids, even if they're in a bad situation at a school, typically make like all kids do one, they're great actors. And they're also <laughs> really great about pushing out the negative and finding something that's positive. So it's not like they come and also kids just in general are not great communicators with their parents about what's happening at schools. I would say one out of 10 kids maybe come home and is like, what did you learn today? And they actually say something, you know, that yeah, they, who are that those they children? Learned. They're right. not mine. The, right. So it's not like they're coming home and divulging like the in and outs of what it's like to actually be there. And if you're not in a school, you just simply don't know. It's not your fault. You just don't have mm -hmm. the knowledge. So yeah. if we have you know, where the community, me? What? No, go ahead. No, go I'm ahead. 
I'm just saying if we had the community in these schools, maybe they could see. I see a lot of teachers complaining, not just about their exhaustion, but also this year, the behavior of students and parents oh, and the yeah. way they're treated. So if the people of the community could actually see what's happening, maybe it would help the situation, not only relieve the sub shortage, but also help bridge the gap of communication between parents and the community and the, the system. Absolutely. You know, I was going to say, it reminds me of when my husband was a watchdog at our daughter's school one day and he came home and like collapsed on the bed at the end of the day. He was so exhausted, worn out. And, and the first words out of his mouth were like, I had no idea. And I was like, exactly. And my husband, he at the time had a job where he was all over the place and he was putting out fires left and right. He was in construction. You know, they're always putting out fires. And and he was totally taken aback by the craziness of a school day. So I, I think that would be absolutely hilarious. You know, it goes down to the um, qual having qualified people inside the classroom, which would be nearly impossible doing a jury duty selection style. But I agree that the community needs to be more actively involved in schools because, I mean, take away take away all the ridiculous responsibilities that teachers have and just talk about the student behavior. Social media has transformed how kids behave in school. And, oh my gosh. Um, yes. It's, it's awful. It is. And I don't think, you know, we didn't have social media when we were students and thank God for that. But I think that now to see even second, third and fourth graders, you know, that are, having all these access to phones and I mean, you know, all the things like, it's just unbelievable what they're able to have access to. And then they regurgitate it with their immature brains, you know, cause they think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's this culture of champing and rooting on bad behavior. And mm -hmm. it is, me no likey. Um, no, my I kids know. don't have social media. I know you have an older child and it's not that I, I mean, my kids see it because other kids around them have it and they all have cell phones. Um, we don't allow it on their phones yet. I mean, one day we will, but we are just not there yet. Um, but you know, it is this whole, like, um, what's it called when you get a group of people together and they all kind of like, it's, there's a name Mob for mentality. It. Yeah, that's what social media is when it comes to mm -hmm. education. Yeah, it's it is. this mob mentality of we can treat our teachers poorly and look how we left this room a mess and let's all laugh and giggle about it so we think it's okay. And yeah, okay. oh, you bring up a good point there because I know a lot of teachers that I mean, you can see videos of them. Um, they went out and bought all the new stuff for their classroom this year and it's already destroyed. Like the books classroom libraries, um, posters, like mm -hmm. rugs, carpets, little chairs, like everything, not just worn out, but destroyed. And, yeah. um, you know, that's the other thing, like they can't afford to keep their classrooms up anymore. They don't get any help from, um, the government money. I think, I think we got like a hundred dollars a year and I was like, um, okay, yeah. uh, that's so I sweet. Mean, um, Right now, it doesn't matter where the money's coming from. We raise our children and our home to respect the things that we have. And I, you know me, I grew up really poor. And so when any belonging material thing that we have, we take care of because, and we take, I don't want to say pride in that, but we definitely respect, like that took a lot of hard work 
and mm-hmm. it costs money and we're going to take care of our things. And when our friends are over at our house, they're going to take care of our things. And if you see them not, you need to tell them to stop. So I don't care if it came from PTA dollars, state funded or out of a teacher's pocket, which obviously that sucks and it happens way too often. Kids should be respecting the things mm-hmm. that they have because there are so many classrooms that have nothing Absolutely. Absolutely. I think as we address this, um, teachers leaving education, superintendents leaving education, everybody leaving education, I think it's really, really important um, to just educate the community on the realities of what is happening inside the walls of a classroom, inside the walls of a school, because it I mean, if they all leave, it is going to be detrimental on a on a larger scale than just, oh, I couldn't send my school, my kid to school on Thursday because they didn't have enough staff. You know, it's going to be like yeah. um, the kids aren't going to school this year <laughs> and yeah. what are you going to do for a job? Um, so I think that as we talk more about this, it's it's important for teachers to really start telling their stories and um getting that message out there that things need to change. And really how we say it all the time, if educators would just buck up and band together, they could change so many things because take all of the political differences and put them to the side because I mean, teachers have a lot more in common than they think. And when they link arms, I mean, it's like a force to be reckoned with. So I think, um, I really encourage educators to start uniting together on things that matter, students, your mental health, responsibilities on your plates, the fact that students can't learn with or without masks, with or without COVID. It was hard to teach because of all the responsibilities that got in the way. So I think um, whether it's a superintendent leaving or an aide or a support staff or a teacher, um, we need to be supporting them for Uh, protecting the mental health of themselves and their families. And we also need to be really pouring in and doing what we can to bring support for those that are still standing in in the gaps. Yeah. So. Well, hey, we conspiracy theorists unite. Send us all your ideas of what you (laughs) think is happening with all these superintendents. Hop on to your Instagram, Facebook. Make sure you're following us. DMS if you have ideas. Also, just want to remind everybody out there that we have our Educators Leadership Summit happening next month. It's February 19th. You can go to our website at teacherbestill.com and you can find information, who the speakers are, um, tickets, hotels. We have people flying in from Arkansas and other places that we already know about. We're so excited and we would love to have you there. And so if you haven't already and you want to get together with a group of friends, we have discount codes for people who are bringing a group of five or more. So reach out to us and let us know and we'll send you that code. Um, Yeah, and also that we we do speak in school. So if you need us to come speak for a professional development or an hour um, we do, we have programs for all kinds of schools, all kinds of settings, and we're happy to come out to your schools too. And we don't like to talk about classroom topics. We like to talk about you and what's yeah. best for you. So, uh, that's kind of how we roll. We don't really talk about classroom management or data or kids or, or anything. We just, yeah, we've you. got, we've got two coming up. We're about to be in two different, completely different schools and we're excited mm-hmm. about that. And that all happened because a teacher, told their PTA or principal, we, I would like to have them as a PD and, um, they booked us. And so it's so exciting to go into schools and meet people. I love that. But, um, I think this was a great podcast episode, Jill. 
I'm so excited mm-hmm. to talk about these topics and we want to talk about it with you guys too. So um, reach out to us. We love you guys and keep your head up and um, keep standing firm. Yeah. Bye guys. Bye.